Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this very exciting evening for the very special film, Just Mercy. We're going to start things off by spending time with a simply put, one of the most inspiring people you will ever meet, a hero of our generation, Brian Stevenson. We're honored to have three people here who need no introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the star and producer of Just Mercy, Michael B. Jordan, joined by two more of the film stars, Oscar-winning actors Jamie Foxx and Brie Larson. They can't wait for you to meet the extraordinary person at the center of Just Mercy, Brian Stevenson, a hero of our generation who has been a bold voice for the voiceless and has fearlessly stood up for justice when told to sit down. In the crowd, we have some special guests, three members of the film's remarkable cast who all give outstanding performances, Rob Morgan, Tim Blake Nelson, and Kyron Kendrick. They are joined by our host who needs no introduction. Please welcome to the stage the popular and always outspoken host of The Breakfast Club and my friend, Charlemagne. How y'all feeling this evening? What's happening? We here to talk a little Just Mercy. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, what's happening, my brother? Doing good. How you doing, man? Why was it important to tell Brian's story? I mean, for a number of reasons. I think once I, I discovered who Brian Stevenson was, and I'm very embarrassed that, you know, four or five years ago, I wasn't that familiar with him or his work. You know, I felt like it's something that's timely. You know, this, this case, the story took place, you know, over 30 years ago, but it's still relevant to today. You know, it's still going on, obviously. And um, if, if I could take this story... Uh, and get it out to the masses and keep that conversation going. If I could do my part and use my platform uh, to make this a global thing, to make this a human thing, um, I was going to do everything I could to kind of get that done. And after meeting Brian and uh, really realizing the, the impact of the work that he's doing, yeah. it's, uh, it's hard to not feel moved and not feel like you want to be a part of the solution and be a part of uh, change. How did you? How did the story come across your radar? Um, through through my agency, it was something that um, you know it was an opportunity for me to uh, to want to tell the story. And when I first met Brian, I had a feeling that he was you know he was auditioning me, like if, if I was worthy enough to kind of to tell his story because um, you know he he's a very humble person. He's not you know a guy who likes a lot of attention. He does his work behind closed doors and and really makes an impact. And um and 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 I felt honored to be able to tell this story you know he, he's nobody's perfect but he's damn he's damn close and, and that pressure to uh to do him justice and not to let him down is something that really uh, stayed in my mind as we developed and and, and worked on the and on the movie brian did, did, did he do a good job brian oh he does an amazing job i i think one of the things that i'm most excited about is the extraordinary performances that all of these amazing actors do i mean for me i've always believed that if i could get people to see what I see on a regular basis, if I could get them to understand the humanity and the dignity of the people that I represent and what's lost when we treat people unfairly and unjustly, when we crush hopes and we traumatize and abuse people, that people would want the same things that I want. And I wasn't sure that was achievable until I met Michael and uh, I was very apprehensive about having the book turned into a movie because a lot of times Hollywood doesn't actually get the story right. They compromise, uh, but Michael was aligned and he wanted to do it in the right way, and Destin had that same vision. And not only is Michael an amazingly talented actor, he's somebody who cares deeply about these issues. And his commitment to the issues and getting it right is what gave me hope. And then when Jamie came and Bree came and the other members of the cast came, I began to get excited 
about what might happen if we lifted the veil on what's happening in this country. I mean, our country has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. We have put millions of people in jails and prisons. We're putting children in adult prisons. We're executing people who are innocent. We have condemned people unfairly, and we haven't responded the way a just nation should respond. And so we have to wake people up. And I'm hoping that the storytelling in this film will get people engaged in a way where they leave the theaters prepared to do something that it doesn't end when the film is over. And that's what really motivates me uh, when I see the film and what excites me about the performances. Brie Larson, how are you? Hello. Are we on the radio? Are we on the radio? Yeah. No. Oh, it just said <laughs> iHeartRadio. <laughs> oh, no, iHeartRadio is the label that You just like me. the radio, that's why it says that. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, but you play Eva Ansley. I do. Who was an ally to the community. Um, what was it like for you to portray her? Oh, it was incredible. Um, I got to be with Michael B. Jordan, like, all the time. <laughs> it was just wonderful. You know, Destin, who, who directed the film, is, like, my family. He's my, my brother. And, and um, when I heard that he was telling this story, I, I had read Brian's book a couple years prior. Um, I was just so moved by him and by his story. And, uh, and Michael wanted me to be there. So for me, it was about doing the work that I needed to do to show up to dissolve myself, to just be there to listen and to hold space and to explore what that felt like. And it felt so good. Word. What, what is the story of Brian, Brian Stevenson taught you? To get very, very close to everything. Even just today doing press all day, I have a new person sitting in front of me every three minutes. And it's amazing to watch your mind run with how your brain wants to quantify any person that's in front of you and to really work to kind of push that away and to go, who are you? Because I most definitely don't know, but I know we have a lot in common. And that's what Brian taught me. Dope. Uh, Jamie Foxx, what's happening, my brother? What's up, baby? How was it for you to portray, portray your character? And how, uh, how did Brian help you with the role? Well, first of all, just, I mean, meeting Brian is just, uh, incredible, and, and then the fact that Michael playing, and then they both look, they, you know, <laughs> both be in the gym, so, you know, it's like, uh, it all worked out. Because <laughs> I know, you said you were auditioning for him, but I know he was telling people, yeah, you know, Michael B. Jordan is playing me. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Uh, but what, what, what Brian Stevenson done is so important because he doesn't fatigue. When we have black issues, it'll be a black issue for 30 minutes on our cell phone or whatever we have our re uh, revolution about for 45 minutes behind our gates. Uh, and then we fatigue. Uh, Brian Stevenson works tirelessly uh, to change the perception of us. That's why I'm happy that Michael B. Jordan called me. I was humble to get that call to find out that he was doing his story. And uh, it's important because we have to get into these narratives and really do something about them because we were dealing with this in Texas. Uh, uh, people being wrongly accused and, and placed in prison to, to die. And the fact that the perception of a black man is so, is so a matter of fact that we're able to allow it to happen uh, and we sit either not mute or just don't know about it. So, and I, and I think when it comes to Michael B. Jordan, you have to commend him uh, for what he did behind the camera and in front of the camera. 
It's his first movie. He produced it. Uh, he has the Inclusion Act where he has, you know, everybody who's represented behind closed doors. And you think about this, he can do anything he wants to. He's a big star. Yeah, but I, I know you like me, like when he laid that railroad, that groundwork in Fruitville Station. Word. And he laid that narrative where he, he spoke for us. And I told you, I went, with some, I went with some homies. I went with the thugs to go see that movie and there was sniffles because, <laughs> because of how you, you, you touch us. And then to go from there to Killmonger, biggest movie on the planet uh, in Black Panther, but he took the same narrative with him at the, at the biggest level of, of his career. And so now, Just Mercy is the artistic sentence that's being finished, but not, it's not the only sentence. And I think that's what's great about the film. This is the most important film I've been a part of. Uh, and I think that, that we should make that's sure we get- That's a big statement for it you. It is, it's the most important film. You talking about film. Ali, you talking about Ray. I'm gonna tell you why the, it's the most important, because of perception. Like, I don't like to visit people in jail because I don't want to see that. I don't want to get used to seeing family members or anything like that. I don't want to see that. My father went to jail for $25 worth of illegal substance. They put him in jail for seven years. This man educated black studies in South Dallas for 25 years. The very students that he used to have the, the judge come and preside uh, and, and come talk to the kids, that judge presided over his case. Put him in jail next to kids that he taught but they don't understand that, that that black man taught me how to swim. That black man taught me how to throw a football, taught me how to play tennis. I said, why am I learning to play tennis? Because I want you to know all of it. So, you know, you know it, it's, a, it's a thing that I'm familiar with. Now, the good part about that is, is that when he got out, I wrote him one letter. I said, you come stay with me. I got on now. You come stay with me. And, you ch and, I, and I want to change your life now. This man taught me how to play tennis. The good part about that story is that I got a chance to take him to the US Open and let him watch Venus and Serena play. Hey. Yeah, so, so when that man watched this movie about what was going on, I watched him, you know, um, I, I watched him get, you know, weep, you know, cry because, because these stories are almost every single day. So that's why I say it's the most important film I've ever been. Wow. Michael, is, is, it, is it hard to get white Hollywood executives to make these kind of stories? I feel like this movie for me, first of all, getting any movie is really hard to get done, especially uh, one with a message like this. I feel like for me, in this project, I can't say that it was hard to get done. You know, from, from you know, Warner Brothers ran towards this movie. Uh, they knew it wasn't a cash cow, it wasn't one of their huge blockbuster movies, but they felt like it was very important. Um, parlayed my relationship with them, I had my overall deal there. Um, they ran towards the inclusion writer that I, that I implemented with my production company. They collaborated with my team for all of Warner Media, so now Warner Media has the Inclusion Act in there, and that's how they hire, through all of Warner Media, which is a huge first step. It's a huge precedent that's set with that company. Okay. Um, which what is exactly is that? So, a person of a minority, somebody from the LBGTQ community, some of an unrepresented group has to be heavily considered for a department head uh, in front of the camera and a major role within the movie. And that's something, it's, a, it's, it's a, something that on paper, a mandate that you know, can hold people somewhat accountable. It's not bulletproof, 
it's not full full force, but it's something that they operate by. It's a mandate the company works under. Um, so that was a huge first step. We have a lot more steps to go, but it's, it was it was a nice first move. Um, I feel like the timing of this movie was very important. I feel like Brian's work is uh, had a lot to do with it. Brian Stevenson, who he was, I think the the heads of the art studio was very progressive um, and wanted to get a, behind this message. So it was a lot of factors that kind of fell into place for this movie to get made with as much ease as it has. It wasn't completely easy, but it wasn't as hard as it has been in the past. Why, why is Brian Stevenson a hero? Mm. I think he's a hero because he's selfless. I feel like he sacrificed his life and dedicated it to a cause, and he doesn't fatigue, like Jamie said. He doesn't tire. I think he is almost... He's so optimistic and so hopeful in the most dismal situations, I, I don't, I can't even fathom. You know, I think one of the most challenging things about playing him in this movie was the situations that he was in and he kept his calm, he kept his cool. Why? Because it wasn't beneficial for his clients. Some, uh, you know, being, you know, strip searched, being, uh, you know, mis mistreated and, 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 and obviously, you know, seeing laws being broken left and right, but being antagonized, being racially profiled, being harassed, and he still kept his, his, his calm nature. When emotionally, even in the scene, I wanted to react differently. differently. So my artistic acting choices, I wanted to be you know, rageful, I wanted to lash out, but that's not what Brian Stevenson you know, did, that's not who he was. So that reserved nature, that, that methodical, that, that you know, he's a strategist, he, you know, he's five steps ahead, he's all about changing perception, he has layers, he created this legacy museum, he has this memorial situation set up and down in Alabama. He's attacking this thing at so many different levels, I was so impressed by, by how much strategy goes into it. Um, and he does all of his work pro bono. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's, and it's uh, the man is so humble, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible, man. So it's like, you know, he is our, he is our, he is our hero, man. It's like, I, I've been in Marvel films, you know, I've done all that, but this is, this is the one that I'm most proud of, man. He's, he's the guy I look up to. Brian, Brian got some fire quotes, too. I put some in my phone because I wanted to ask you about it. <laughs> Brian, you said, you don't change the world with the ideas in your mind, but with the conviction in your heart. Can you expound on that? Sure. I mean, I just think that um, we have to recognize our power to make a difference. And we use some of these uh, lines in the movie, but for me, they're not just lines. It's the way we do justice. You know, the question is, how do we do justice? You do justice by being willing to get close to people who are poor and excluded and neglected. You know, in this country, we have a tendency to kind of let the lights always go to the rich and the powerful and the privileged. We tend to care more about what's happening in places where people have been lifted up and gotten a lot of attention. And I don't believe that our country will be judged by how well we treat the powerful and the privileged and the celebrated. We're gonna be judged by how we treat the poor and the incarcerated and the excluded. And um, for me, that means understanding that we have an obligation to do these things. You know, my great-grandfather was enslaved in Virginia. And he had the belief, he believed things he couldn't see. And so he learned to read as a 12-year-old, even though everybody was telling him he would never be free. And he learned to read, and when emancipation came, uh, all of the formerly enslaved people would come to his house, and he'd read the newspaper every night. And the, the house would get quiet. My grandmother would sit next to him. She said it would made her so proud that he had that kind of power. And he gave that desire to read to my grandmother. And even though they didn't have school, she was very literate. And she gave that to my mother, and my mother gave that to me. And we were poor, 
Uh, but my mom went into debt to buy the World Book Encyclopedia so we could see this other place. And I was raised and natured by people who had the strength to keep fighting. And so for me, it's a choice. Hopefulness is what we have to have. And we say in the film, and I say it all the time, that hopelessness is the enemy of justice. Injustice prevails where hopelessness persists. Our hope is our superpower. And I live in Montgomery, Alabama. It's a challenging place, but it's also an incredibly inspiring place. Because in Montgomery, you never forget that you're standing on the shoulders of people who did so much more with so much less. The people trying to do what I'm trying to do 60 years ago, they had to frequently say, my head is bloodied but not bad. I've never had to say that. And I feel the power of the enslaved who found a way to stay hopeful despite bondage. I feel the power of people who were terrorized and lynched and found a way to get to security. My parents were humiliated every day by Jim Crow segregation, and yet they had enough hope to love one another, to create a generation that gives me the opportunities that I have now. So I feel an obligation to fight for our future, to fight for our children. There's a presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people, and it's not right, and we've got to end it. We have a criminal justice system. You know, the system that we have that treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you're poor and innocent, it's not right, and we've got to do something about it. And I think we can when we get amazing, talented people like the people on this stage and people like Rob Morgan and Karen Kendrick and Tim Blake Nelson, when they come together and use their creative power to tell these stories, I don't think there are any limits to what we can unravel, we can unearth, that can actually move us toward justice. And that's what excites me about the film. I think it's going to become something that I hope people are organized around, that people get inspired by, that pushes us towards something that feels more like justice. And that's the vision, that's the hope behind all of this. How, um, how, effective, how effective do you think this movie will be in changing anything in, 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 in our climate in America right now? I feel like <clears throat> the takeaway that I want at the end of this movie, I want people to feel, I want people to start having conversations. That's where it starts. I want people to go home and think, you know. Um, I want people to feel like what, what, they, what, what can they do? I think one of the, the major issues with, with, with criminal justice is people feel like the issue is so big that what could little old me do to affect this big thing? And it's paralyzing, so they do nothing. And, and, and I feel like if you can identify with the thing that, that makes you tick, that, that bothers you, that, 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 that you want to go out and be a part of the solution, go to EJI.org. There's a list of actionable things that you could actually do to start being a part of the actual change. Vote. You feel me? I, I write that, you know, that our ancestors, you know, died and went through all this shit for us. Vote. You know, find out what judges are where, what, what policies are being put in place, what, how can you vote on things that's going to directly affect your situation and, 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 your, and your circumstances. You know, those are, those are the, the, the basic things that we just tend to, to, to ignore. So I want people to feel like they're not too small, that, that they could be a part of the solution, they could, they could stand on the right side of history after leaving and watching this movie. Bree, when you see stories like this, how does it make you personally feel as a... As a yeah, as a white person in America, when you see stories like this, how does it make you feel? Mm. Thank you for the question. <laughs> what? Is that funny? No, oh, I really it meant it. It sounded a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> it did? Everybody was like, oh, okay. oh so I was like, how do you feel being white? No, 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 no. Oh. Speak about that. They, they just don't know Brie. They don't know Brie that well. It's okay. They, they just don't know Brie. I really was grateful for the 
I mean, I mean, everybody else feels it. I just got just let the air out the room for a second, guys. It did. I did go. Ooh. Wait, talk about that whiteness you deal with over there. I feel be white. Huh? I'll wait. I got time. Speak on that whiteness. On that whiteness. Speak on the whiteness. <laughs> I know what you meant though. I, I know, I know what you meant. I just, I'm just letting them, I'm letting them go, because they held their breath. The whiteness. <gasps> Y'all trying to catch a moment right there. Charlemagne talks about whiteness. TMZ. But you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. You know how to end the boys in the hood when those boys say either they don't know. Exactly. Uh, don't show or don't care about what's going on. So I wonder how much do they know. Exactly. I'm just, um, well, I mean, the truth is, is I'm so open, you know, and I'm, I'm so open to learning about, um, to learning more and to listening. And I learned so much on this movie and I will keep learning. And, uh, so to hear these stories is, is hard. It's very hard. Um, and I feel helpless too at times. And I know that I'm not doing enough too. And I also try really hard. Um, so for me, it's about keeping my eyes open and keeping softness in myself because getting hard doesn't really help anybody, I don't think. And being available every step of the way. So it's doing things like this, making myself available to films like this. And it's activism outside of it that you may hear about or you may not. But you know, that's just me. And I did appreciate the question, by the way. Right. Yeah. That was, that was a great answer. Your publicist is somewhere like, woo, shut down. But I'll I tell you what, what does go along with the fact that she's a part of the film, the fact that people can see it and feel included, and, and the fact that it, all the people on the stage were conscious about making sure that this movie was open to everybody. Michael B., Brian, Reed, we constantly, Destin, our director, constantly made sure that there were things that we did so we could open it up. This movie tested a 97 in front of an all-black audience, but then it tested in front of an all-white audience. And I was like, man, what did they say? It tested a 98. So it lets you know that your, 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 your question is absolutely pointed. It, it absolutely needs to be said because I think in the movie what was brilliant is that when you did see the white characters, like the correctional officer, he had contrition. He knew that this was wrong. So you can see it on his face. That moment gives the people that are white in the audience who feel the way he feels a chance to get into it. Also with the prosecuting uh, attorney, you can see him stewing and, and toiling with this decision that's gonna ruin this man's life. So I think by the movie doing that, uh, brings everybody into it, makes it a, makes it a human uh, 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 a human condition of what we have to uh, uh, eradicate, if that makes sense. All right. Brian, I want to close with this. Michael brought it up earlier, but uh, what, what are the big and small things we can do to help support a world with more Brian Stevens? Well, thank you. Um, I, I mean, for me, we've gotten into this mess because we've allowed ourselves to be governed by the politics of fear and anger. 
In the 1970s and 80s, we had politicians that said that people who are drug addicted and drug dependent, those people are criminals, and we're going to use the criminal justice system to respond to them. We shouldn't have made that choice. We should have said that people with addiction and dependency have a health problem. We need our health care system to respond. And so we have to change the frame in this country, and we have to resist the politics of fear and anger. Fear and anger are the essential ingredients that contribute to injustice and oppression. Walter McMillan was convicted in this community because people were being shaped by fear and anger, and they tolerated things they shouldn't tolerate. They accepted things they shouldn't accept. And I just hope people who see this film are motivated to push past the fear, push past the anger, and actually do the things that justice requires. Uh, we will have on our site a whole catalog of opportunities for people to get involved. There are hundreds of organizations around the country that are looking for volunteers to work with the thousands of people who come out of jails and prisons every month who need help. There are people that are doing campaigns. We need bail reform in this country. We put people in prison because they're poor and we keep them there. We need uh, accountability from police officers and prosecutors and judges and we've got to change that. I want everybody who sees this film to be motivated to learn who the prosecutor is in the community where they live. Most people don't know who their prosecutor is. And there are people who exploit that by doing all kinds of really horrific things, but they're never held accountable because we don't even know who they are. And that kind of education can be powerful. I hope people will see the film and come to Montgomery. We've opened a museum. We've opened a memorial. It's a place where we're trying to tell the truth about this history of racial inequality. It's a challenging place, but it's a necessary place. And finally, I hope people will come to the understanding that we've got to do better as people who care about other people. There's an absence of compassion and mercy in the policy debates that we see happening around us. There is. And when we allow ourselves to be disconnected from mercy and compassion, we do terrible things to one another. We don't send crimes to prison. We send people to prison. And when we forget that we're sending people, we do abusive things. And I just believe that a community that comes together and starts demanding more hope and more mercy and more justice is a community that, that actually begins to move toward the kind of community that I think all of us want to live in. We want to live in a place that's healthy, where no one is prejudged pre and treated unfairly. But to get there, we're going to have to make some changes. And I'm hoping this film inspires people to engage in the kind of day-to-day -day living that those changes require. And I'm so, I just have to say how grateful I am uh, to Michael and to Bree and to Jamie and the entire cast and to Destin for me watching the film and seeing the humanity and the dignity of my clients presented in such a powerful, thoughtful, kind way was incredibly moving. And my community, the people of, uh, who are on death row, the poor, the accused, the condemned, are so excited to finally be acknowledged, to be seen, to be recognized, and to have their struggle for justice uh, to be portrayed with such care and compassion. It's a great gift to all of us that are trying to do human rights work in this country, and I'm enormously grateful. I know I said that was the last question, but I got one more for Michael B. Jordan. This is a movie about hope, so what, what, what do you want that hope to be for the people? What is that hope? Hmm. I want the hope to be, <clears throat> hmm, that's a great question. that I feel like within solidarity, if you get enough people, that was an excellent timing on that. We got sound effects. Cricket sound effects are awesome. I feel wow. like. <laughs> Can a black man get his thoughts together <laughs> before he just starts talking? Jesus Christ. 
I feel I feel like with enough solidarity, with enough uh, unification amongst people, I think with the numbers of people talking about the same thing, that care about the same thing, you'll be able to demand answers from broken systems. You know, I feel like if you get enough of us. The internet is a powerful thing. You know, we cancel things all the time. You know, you get behind a movement, you actually can see some things start to actually change from big, you know, blue-collar corporations to, you know, to to getting people, you know, released from from jail. Um, you can you can get some movement done if we all get together and push one narrative from something that we really care about. I feel like we can really make some real change. So I think, from watching this movement, I really want people. I said it before to to feel like. Your words matter, the things that you say matter, your vote matters, that you can get out and actually be a part of the change and just don't sit back and do nothing. Because if you sit back and do nothing, it helps no one. Make some noise for Brian Stevenson, Jamie Foxx, Bree Lawson, and Michael B. Jordan. Just Mercy comes out limited release on Christmas Day and wide release on January 10th. So make sure y'all go support that, all right? Peace. <laughs>